Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. Claudia Fleming is my guest on this week's Hot Takes on a Plate on the Believe Podcast Network. If there was a Hall of Fame for Chefs, she'd be in on the first ballot. She is one of the most influential and revered American pastry chefs there has ever been. She is a James Beard Award winner from her days at Gramercy Tavern. And of course, she has an iconic cookbook, The Last Course, that was reissued this past fall to much fanfare. And if this was a normal summer, you would find her at the North Fork table and in in Southhold making amazing desserts for the guests in the dining room and whipping up tremendous pastries for the people staying at the inn when they wake up in the morning. And if you were like me, you might even have found her, as I found her a couple years ago, working on the food truck behind the North Fork table and in, rolling up her sleeves in the summer heat, serving people lunch. And I bring that up, Claudia, because, one, I think people sometimes get it confused just because you're a James Beard Award winner and all of that. You're also a small business owner, and you got to do all that stuff. But... This is not a normal summer for more than just a global pandemic. It's not a normal summer for you because you sold the North Fork Table and Inn. So what are you up to? Um, Well, thankfully, I got a book contract. So I'm working on another book. Nice. So I'm busy with that. uh, Thankfully, probably not as busy as I should be. I've been taking I've, I've been taking considerable amount of time off to enjoy the summer for the first time in 20 years. Um. And, uh, but, you know, there's lots of planning and thinking and, you know, consulting with my co-author. Um, and on a day like today, I'm not turning the oven on. So, uh, <laughs> but, uh, it's keeping my mind occupied and giving me something to do rather than, um, working at the restaurant and on the food truck and, you know, doing breakfast and such, which I miss terribly. So, so you miss it. But I'm wondering, I, it's it's such a weird, you know, time to sort of retire from having a restaurant because on one hand, you know, you're missing out on, in a good way, having to deal with COVID as a restaurant owner. Because I can only imagine the stress and just the agony of trying to put anything in place to, to keep people safe and to keep yourself safe and keep your staff safe. On the other hand, this is like the worst summer to be free because there's not a whole lot to do. <laughs> Um, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm in a beautiful place. Um, I'm thankful for that. Um, you know, doing considerable amounts of, um, thinking and considering about life and future, uh, doing some paddle boarding and kayaking and running and, uh, just trying to take it easy and figure out what the next chapter is. Um, but my heart breaks for all my friends and colleagues who are having to deal with this awful pandemic and this terrible time. I mean, if I were owning a restaurant right now, my stomach would be in a knot going to work every day. I, I only envision myself like in the fetal position in a corner. Like I cannot, I just can't imagine how people are doing it and motivating themselves to keep going. Um, you, but, as somebody as wise as you are, do you have any advice for anybody uh, listening who maybe owns a restaurant or is working in a kitchen right now? I wish I did. I'm sure I, I'm, I'm sad in that I am, 
I mean, I'm grateful that I'm not having to, you know, deal with all of the challenges. Um, and on the other hand, I feel that I'm not contributing to moving the industry forward because, you know, necessity is the mother of invention and, and everyone is just working so hard to reimagine and recreate what the restaurant industry is going to look like and not being in it. I don't have that motivation. I'm afraid I, 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 my, my heart goes out to everybody, but, um, is it almost like survivor's guilt? Uh, perhaps, perhaps, that's a that's a very interesting point. Yeah, I do feel very guilty not having to, you know, kind of get in there and reimagine what the future is going to look like. Um, but plenty of people smarter than me will, in no doubt, figure it out. Well, let's move on to something fun, Claudia. We all need something fun <laughs> right now. So first off, before we get to the fun, if you're a new listener to Hot Takes on a Plate here on the Believe Podcast Network, Make sure to subscribe if you're on Apple Podcast. If you're on Spotify, follow. That way you'll get a new episode every week just sort of dropped in your listening uh, app of choice. And make sure to rate us five stars, of course. And here on Hot Takes on a Plate, you, the listener, get to eavesdrop on the ultimate food fights as I debate my culinary world friends and other eating enthusiasts in their areas of expertise. And of course, Claudia, your area of expertise is the sweet finish, the last course, dessert. So I'm going to throw some hot takes your way about dessert, and you tell me if I'm right, tell me if I'm wrong, and why. You ready? Okay. Yeah. All right. First one, big time hot take here. Okay. On its own, on its own, milk chocolate is better than dark chocolate. On its own. Now listen, I think dark chocolate is great when it's mixed in something. I think dark chocolate is better in chocolate chip cookies. It's better in ice cream. It's better uh, on a pretzel. But on its own, dark chocolate, it's two one note. I want the milk chocolate because, uh, gasp, I know. The milk chocolate, though, you get the sweetness. You get the creaminess on its own. It To me, I, I know people think of it as garbage, but I think uh, in the food world, I think of it as as a superior product. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. You're wrong. Eh. I mean, look, everything comes down to a matter of preference, right? And if that's your preference, then it's better for you. Um, but I find it to be too sweet, generally. Um, and, you know, dark chocolate is like coffee and wine. The, the notes and the complexities of it, I think, are far greater than the complexities of milk chocolate because the addition of the milk or the cream and, and the sugar tend to mute those um, more interesting notes of dark chocolate. Now I'm going to contradict myself because I agree with you with coffee. Like I drink my coffee black for that reason. But it also took me an adjustment period. I started off as a milk and sugar person and then I cut the sugar and then I cut the milk. And I think I'm going to argue that dark chocolate is probably kind of the same way. Like if you're using like the really high end stuff, there's like that adjustment period to it. You almost have to train your palate because you look to me, milk chocolate is, is childhood memories. It's nostalgia and no part of a meal is more nostalgic to me than dessert. I mean, that's just Dessert just brings me back to childhood. And the reason why I say on its own milk chocolate is because 
dark chocolate when say added to like ice cream like mint chocolate chip it's like the dark chocolate works well because you have the sweet ice cream to play off of it you know you have another note to it whereas to me on its own it's just it's a little too bitter i want a little bit more sweetness it's dessert that's where i'm coming from all right i'm gonna just chalk that up to personal preference Um, (laughs) Uh, claudia has disowned me This is over. Good night, everyone. There are are times when, you know, milk chocolate, it's easy, right? You don't have to think about it. You can just kind of eat it. But I guess um, in in my world, I I don't know. I'm so careful about what I eat that I I am very considerate about everything I eat. And so... um, I like the multi-faceted, multi-layered, leveled nuances of dark chocolate over milk chocolate. Unless it's Easter and there's a milk chocolate bunny. Uh, there we go. Childhood memories. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do love a, a milk chocolate bunny. All right. Well, I'm, I'm, I, th- I think this next one we're going to agree on, but I could be wrong. There's an <laughs> a- now, okay. So, so the next one, there's an age old debate. What's the better part of the cake? Is it the cake itself or the frosting? And I think this is no debate. It's the cake. It's the cake. It's the cake. It's the cake. The frosting is two one note. It's just sugar. A sugar. cake is can be sweet, but it can also be buttery. It can mm-hmm. be salty. Mm-hmm. You've got that great mm-hmm. texture. I, I mean, yep. to me, it's it's not even close. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. You are 100% right. Thank you. And coming from a person who is not a layer cake lover, and perhaps because of that icing situation, I don't, I don't like icing. For me, it's all about the cake. Because as you said, cakes can be so many different things. They can be, you know, denser and chewier or lighter and fluffier and, um, you know, have nuts or not and, or cornmeal or not and just all kinds of wonderful flavorings. Whereas your your dog agrees my, too. Your dog agrees. My dog, my dog agrees. <laughs> Let's see if we can get her. It's to fine. Shop. It's a bo- it's a podcast. Nobody cares. Nobody cares if a dog's barking, Claudia. <laughs> Neighbor's dog came out, so she's. It's all good. It's all look. It's summer. It's hot out. You know, we gotta let out some steam. It's hot. It is really hot. It is disgusting hot. And, Ooh. you know, but, but talking about cake and frosting, you know, frosting, icing, it, it, that's a condiment, you know? That's like saying, like, what's better, uh, a bur- uh, you know, a burger or ketchup and mayo? Like, yeah. of course the yeah. burger is better. Like, I don't understand this idea of, of listing the condiment as better than the main course. Agreed. I'm with you 100%. We're good on this one. Good. All right. Next one. Another age-old debate, brownies. There's two types, cakey yeah. and fudgy. And to me, okay, okay, there's, there's, there's no debate. Fudgy is the fudgy. only way to go with a brownie. Only Otherwise way to go. Otherwise have a chocolate cake. Otherwise have chocolate cake. Exactly. I mean, to, yeah. a cakey brownie is just a chocolate chip muffin. That's all it is. <laughs> That's not a brownie. Get that garbage no. out of here. Yeah, no, I'm not into cakey brownies at all dense and fudgy and but i don't like them wet okay i like them dense and chewy but not undercooked so kind of like a good chocolate chip cookie because people always say do you like your chocolate chip cookie crunchy or do you want it chewy and moist and to me it's like no i want it kind of like 
like soft in the center, but I want yeah. like crisp edges. Edges, crunchy. There you go. There you go. Crunchy. All right. There's, there's, we don't even need to discuss that one anymore. Next one. Okay. Cheesecake is not a cake. It's not a cake. It's a pie. Or it's a custard. You could, you could say the filling is a custard, but if we're if we're labeling the whole thing, I would say it's a pie. I mean, it it has basically a pie crust. I think the texture. Well, in that case, then if you're saying Wait, it's a custard, would, wouldn't key lime pie be a custard? Yeah, it is a custard. A filling, but it's still a pie, right? No. Well, I don't know. I mean, I think you just threw a curveball at me, Claudia. I wasn't ready for custard. <laughs> Well, I mean, it is, it's juice, it's eggs, it's butter, it's a custard. I think you might I have mean, a it's point. Technically a it's technically a custard. Crap, I wasn't uh, ready for that. I'm I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm, I'm swimming out sorry. of my depths here. I wasn't Woo! ready for that. All right. <laughs> I can't argue All with right, that. What, should we take it back? Should we reel it back? No, 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 no. I, I just, you just blew my mind there with custard. <laughs> I was like, okay. I thought I had something there with pie because, I mean, you know, you have often graham cracker crust that is a pie crust. There's no actual cake, but you're right. It's But but I guess custard is a filling in pies, isn't it? Often? Yes. Yes. Yes, it is. It okay, is. So then it is a pie. But I think of a pie as like blueberry pie or I think of crust and fruit filling as a pie. But, you know, but again, key lime pie. So, so your argument is key lime pie is not a pie. Lemon no, meringue. I'm pie. saying the filling is a custard. I guess. Okay. I guess pie is just referring to the shape, right? Maybe. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking that to me, like a pie needs like some kind of crust. You know, yes, some kind of whether it's 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 baked or it's graham cracker or whatever. Um, so that's why I think I'm going cheesecake. They call it cake in the name, but it's it's not a cake. Yeah, that is a little interesting. Maybe it's just because of the shape. Yeah. It's a, it's a phony. It's a fugazi. It's a, it's trying to fake its way into being a cake. Come on. Oh, we know it's okay. You're a cheese pie. It's not a cake. Well, wait. Yeah, no, it's not a cake. All right. We, we kind of agree on that one. All right. Yeah. Next one. It's disc. It's a cheese disc. That sounds appetizing. <laughs> then it becomes a pizza. <laughs> it's a pizza. Cheesecake is a pizza. Okay. Next one. This one I actually, I'm, I'm very proud of. So please don't, don't hurt me too much on this one. If you disagree, I, I, I put a lot of thought into this. The best pastry to have with coffee in the morning, and when I say coffee, I'm talking black coffee here, people, is anything lemon. Lemon pound cake, lemon bread, lemon poppy loaf, whatever. Anything lemon, when you combine the sweetness with the acidity, it plays so well with coffee. It just hits you. It actually brings out the sweet notes in a coffee and kind of mellows it out because it's kind of like wine. Like if you're eating something acidic, and you pair it with an acidic wine, it's going to mellow it. So yes, it's going to take some true. of that acid out of it. And, it, and if right. you do that, if you have a lemon something with, a, with black coffee, you will see. It'll, it'll change your life forever. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm wrong. I, you know what? I'm going to say you're right only because I am not, uh, I am not familiar with, with that. I, I tend to not eat anything with my coffee. Um, and... Uh, if I do, it's usually toast. Okay. I don't, I don't do sweet generally with in the morning, but, but, you know, theoretically it makes great sense and, um, I'm going to check it out tomorrow. Yes. Do it, do it and, and write back to me. Cause it is just yeah. like, 
it's a revelation, especially if it's a good lemon, whatever. And if you're making it yourself, it's going to be really good. So <laughs> get ready to have your mind blown. All okay, right. What do you think of like lemon custard on toast? Lemon custard. Like lemon curd on toast? That sounds or pretty good. Pound cake? I think that sounds I pretty good. That. Okay, good. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. I mean, I love putting, I like putting like fruit on toast. You know, like yeah. I, um, I'll tell you one of my favorite things that I, I just do so much, especially this time of year is I like taking peaches and nectarines, plums and putting pesto on them on toast. Oh, yum. Yeah. Great yeah. Pesto idea. on stone fruits. So good. Yum. So with good. or without the fruit, without the cheese. Pesto with cheese in it? You can do cheese, but I actually, I have been on a vegan pesto kick lately um, okay. just because I'm watching the cholesterol and all that stuff. Yep, yep. Um, and if you don't feel like, look, I'm not getting any advertising dollars from them. This is just my opinion. But if, you, if you're feeling lazy and don't feel like making your own pesto, Gotham Greens does a great vegan pesto. Fantastic. Cool. Okay. We're going to play a game now. That's a little okay. different than the hot, it's hot takes, but, but I'm, I'm, this is something new here. I'm going to call it final four. So I'm going to throw what I think are the four best of something in a certain category. And you tell me why I'm right, wrong, and what your four best are. Okay. Okay, ready? Here we go. We're going to start with yeah. fruit. Fruit, okay. of course, is a dessert. I yes. mean, it's it's a great thing to finish. It, it's nature's dessert. And to me, the, 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 the final four fruits, the Mount Rushmore fruits, plums is going on there. Plums because... To me, plums are like the chefiest of the basic fruits. You have that just super sugary sweet center, but then that skin that gives you the tartness and the bitterness, it's so well-rounded. Cherries. Cherries just like, again, sweet and tart, but it, there's a depth to it. There's just this intensity to it. It's just like like a better, stronger version of, of other fruits that play with those, those flavors. Cherries. Watermelon. Watermelon to me is like the cotton candy of the fruit world because it, it the way it's fibrous and it sort of disintegrates in your mouth like cotton candy and it's sweet and it's just so juicy. Good watermelon is hard to top. And of course, the last one, blackberries. I just love mm -hmm. the texture of blackberries, that little crunch. They're great in yogurt. They're great on anything. So I'm going plums, cherries, watermelon, blackberries. Okay. What What, what is your final four? How does it stack up? Okay. Well, I don't know that we have any in common. Mine are wow. figs, figs, oh, okay, black raspberries, um, pears. I got to go with pears. Really? Yeah. Nothing like a juicy ripe pear. Oh, wow. And then poached pears are amazing. Raw or cooked pears, I think, are amazing. So what do we have? We have black raspberries, figs, pears, and peaches. Now, peaches, I can get down with. Peaches just missed the cut. Just missed the cut. I actually prefer nectarines to peaches. I like um, yeah. that that floral sort of note they give off. Like my favorite wines sort of have that nectarine-y kind of thing going on for it. Pears. Wow. I would not have gone pears. I mean, they're good in salads, but I don't I don't get excited for pears. Mm, I love pears. Figs, figs are good. I like, I, you know, look, figs are one of those things that are like, I feel like are great in like, um, like, like, like if you're putting out an appetizer, like you want to talk about things on toast, figs on toast mm -hmm. with a little with fresh ricotta. mozzarella. Yes. Ricotta. Yeah, oh, yeah. Little honey. Yeah. So good. And then you throw out black raspberries. That's very like, almost like esoteric. 
<laughs> like it's not like something well, they're hard to come by. Yeah. Um, but luckily we have them around here for a very brief amount of time, but they're like a little spoon of jam. Like they are so jammy and intense and delicious. I'm, I'm working on a, uh, black raspberry chocolate semi-fredo, which is just yum, yum, yum. It's so good. Also one of the best ice cream flavors you can find. Yes. Yes. With so good. Chips in it. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Now, I saw you make a face. We're, we're, we're doing this via social distancing technology. I saw you make a face when I said watermelon. I'm shocked. Um, I love watermelon. I could eat watermelon all day long. But I don't think, I guess, you know, as somebody who works with fruit to almost always transform it into something else, uh, watermelon does not, uh, you know, it's hard to work with. <laughs> well, I will say you watermelon, watermelon it. ice is fantastic. True, watermelon ice is very, fantastic. True. But I will say that is exactly why watermelon is great because why cool. would you want yep. to transform it? It's yep. perfect on its own. People grill it now and that's fine, but it's also huh. good with savory things, you know, a little feta cheese, some oh, onions, yes. some I herbs, and you make I yourself an amazing salad. Yeah. Have you ever put chili salt on it? In line. I have I, I have not put I have not done that although I've done that with I have had that done with mangoes. Yeah, same Very with watermelon. It's it's outrageously delicious. Talking about fruit with you makes a lot of sense because it's it's in your wheelhouse. It's what you've done with your desserts. You know, you you've treated desserts like a chef would, and you and you incorporate fresh produce into so much of what you've done over your career. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you'd be hard pressed for me. Actually, picking four is very difficult. Um, I don't know that I've ever met a fruit I don't I don't love. Um, so that was a very challenge. That was challenging. Well, the next one's <laughs> going to be challenging too, because the the next okay. final four also plays into your philosophy as a pastry chef, which is that okay. for all the success you've had and all the acclaim, you like your desserts to be accessible. You don't want them to be fussy. You want them to be accessible. And there's nothing more accessible than candy bars. So mm. we're going to do a final four of candy bars. Now, I left off of my list the harder-to-find obscure candy bars. I, I went very mainstream just so okay. people have a, a reference point. They know what I'm talking about. My final four, and, and there's you'll, you'll see there's sort of a theme, I think, with it. But um, here it is in no particular order. One, you have to have Twix. Yes. You have to have Twix. You got to have that. One. That crunch of the cookie with the caramel and the chocolate, it's perfect. The shortbread, you, yep. You got to have in there Kit Kat. Kit yep. Kat, again, the same, just the similar reasons, that that crunch. And it's just that perfect balance of of the the, the chocolate to, to wafer ratio. You also got to have in there the Reese's peanut butter cup. And the irony is I'm not a huge peanut butter in dessert person in general, but the peanut butter that they use in the Reese's peanut butter cups just is like, it's, it's, it's addictive. It's so good. And the last one, I, first of all, I will say those other three are, are way up there. This one's a little bit behind Nestle crunch, because again, I just love that texture of having the rice crispy in there. It's you so like good. I do. You so Twix, Kit Kat, Reese's peanut butter cup, Nestle crunch. What okay. do you got Claudia? I'm, I'm Twix and Kit Kat. Absolutely. I'm on board. Snickers. I'm going to have to add Snickers. Um, always a solid and- choice. Yes, right. Uh, and remember the million dollar bars? 
they were kind of like Nestle's Crunch, but they also had caramel. Oh, like a hundred grand. Yeah. Is that yeah. what they're called? Hundred yeah. grand. Well, yeah. they, well, they have the ones now, hundred grand that are. It's it's basically a Nestle Crunch with caramel. And I thought about yeah. that, but I feel like in the in the case of the hundred grand, the caramel distracts from the crunch. It's almost okay. like a little too much. The way it's it's the ratios. They don't have the ratios right. <laughs> Maybe you can consult with them. <laughs> there you go. Hey. Hey, Nestle, how's it going? But I think we are both on board with the crispy, crunchy, caramely chocolate thing. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, yeah. And you've been inspired by candy bars throughout I your have. career. The Rolo was a big inspiration for me for the chocolate caramel tart, for sure. Um, even though it's it's a lot like a Twix, you know, Twix is milk chocolate and the Rolo is dark chocolate. So that it, it kind of um, had more the intensity of a Rolo um, and less of a Twix. But yeah, I love candy bars. You know, it's funny, you brought up Easter before. What are your thoughts on the Cadbury egg? Yeah, I don't like it. It's too, it's sweet. too sweet. Yeah. Too sweet. Yeah, yeah. I think I think they make ones now that have um they make or no maybe it's not them it's like you can get eggs that are like Snickers bars and other things that oh, I'm down yeah. with and Reese's peanut butter cups too Reese's peanut absolutely butter eggs. yeah yeah those good are hard stuff to good <laughs> stuff well Claudia thank you so much for the time uh, make thank sure you, to bro. please enjoy your summer enjoy the time off if anyone has earned it it's you I can't wait to see the thank books you. you have coming out thank you so much and. If, again, if you are listening to Hot Takes on a Plate here on the Believe Podcast Network for the first time, make sure to follow, subscribe, rate us five stars. Of course, Hot Takes on a Plate is part of the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Check them out at BLEAV.com. That's Believe.com. And until next time, I'm Rob Patron. Ciao. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.